fix my car When I buy gas, don't get me very far My baby needs some milk to drink And mama wants her wine I get a check each week But I don't know what's mine I'm losing track I don't know what to do I got the budgeting blues Welcome to Sensible Chat, the podcast committed to helping you learn positive money mindsets, destroy debt, reduce financial stress, and break the paycheck-to-paycheck cycle. Today, we're chatting with Jackie Beck, creator of the award-winning Pay Off Debt app. She'll share her story, what motivated her, and what life after debt looks like. Plus, Sensible Bobby shares six steps to slay your debt and how to stay the course when the world shuts down. So right now, Let's get to the curator of cash, the bully of budgeting, helping you budget your bottom line. Here's Sensible Bobby. Thanks, Scott. Well, it's almost May, and for most of us, the COVID-19 quarantine continues. Obviously, the health side of this has been devastating for a lot of people. And for a lot of people who remain healthy, it's been financially devastating. A few episodes back, I talked about what to do if you're in that place where you can no longer make ends meet. If you missed it, check out the March 30th episode titled Your Money Mindset. This time, I want to talk about how you can stay the course if you're working a debt payoff plan and are lucky enough to still be employed. Now, this assumes you're confident your job is not in jeopardy. If you are concerned about losing your job, you might consider pulling back on your debt payoff plan. This means paying only the minimums and saving the rest so you have an emergency fund if you lose your job. But if you're confident your job is not in jeopardy, keep following the plan you were on before the world shut down. And here's the good news. You may be able to add to it. By now, you're probably familiar with the debt snowball and debt avalanche methods, right? Well, here's a great addition to whatever method you're using. It's called the debt snowflake. The debt snowflake is little bits of money you find here or there to add to the snowball or avalanche. It's not consistent, and it's not a set amount. It's whatever extra comes your way, whatever little snowflakes fall from the sky. Think about the areas you're saving money right now. Gasoline, buying lunch during work, going out to eat. A lot of insurance companies are refunding portions of their customers' premiums while most of us aren't driving as much. Your stimulus check could be a really big snowflake. If you're still working and bringing in the same income you were before, you may not need that stimulus money for day-to-day, so you can use it for a bigger debt payoff. And your tax refund. Yes, they have extended the deadline so you don't have to file until July 15th. But if you're going to get a refund, why wait to file? Do it now and get your money as quick as possible. And again, if you don't need it for day-to-day life right now, throw it at your debt. It's another huge debt snowflake. Now, it may be that you're spending more in different areas during this time, too. Like electricity, since everyone's home all day every day, that's probably going up. So take a look and revise your plan accordingly before that extra money starts disappearing. And here are some other things to think about. If you've got student loan debt, don't stop paying just because your obligation to pay has been suspended. If you continue to pay right now while interest is not accruing, it's all going to principal and you could save a lot of money and pay it off faster. Now, I was talking to my favorite CPA, Michelle Kagan, the other day, and she brought up an interesting point on this. If you're feeling uneasy that things could change in your job situation at any time, 
maybe instead of paying that money to student loan debt now, you save it. Save it in a separate fund that is earmarked for your student loan debt so that you still have it if something changes. But if nothing changes, you can make a big lump payment before the interest starts accruing again on your student loan debt. There are always opportunities that come from a bad situation, and you should definitely take advantage of them if you can do it in a moral, responsible way. But please don't mistake what I'm saying here. There is help in many areas right now for people who have found themselves in desperate situations. Mortgage and rent payments are being deferred. So are credit card and auto loan payments. Many have found grace with their utility companies to keep the lights on without payment. This is great news for those who truly need it. But please don't take advantage of it. If you can pay your bills, you should. And not just because it's the right thing to do, although I would hope it stops right there. But if the moral obligation isn't enough, think this through. The people who can't make payments right now are being given the gift of time and leniency. But these payments are not going to go away. They'll still be there, and it will add to the time it takes to pay off the debt. Just because you don't have to pay today doesn't mean they won't come calling for their money eventually. So don't make things worse. If you're lucky enough to be on solid financial ground right now, stay the course, pay your bills, and gather all the snowflakes you can find to pay off that debt as fast as possible. And if you're looking at your pile of debt thinking, I am never going to get through this, here's some inspiration. Jackie Beck paid off over $147,000 in debt. Check out her story. Okie dokie class. Sensible University is now in session. Today's guest professor is debt freedom expert Jackie Beck, creator of JackieBeck.com and the award-winning Payoff Debt app, which has been featured by Clark Howard in O Magazine, Forbes, on CNBC, and Yahoo Finance. Jackie, thanks so much for being our guest professor today. Hey, it's good to be here. You paid off just over $147,000 in debt, including your house. Wow, what an accomplishment. Before we get to how you did it, let's talk about the moment you became debt-free. How did that feel? Oh, it felt so good. So awesome. Uh, We had been looking forward to it for a long time and could hardly believe that it was finally here. I bet. And what made you decide that you wanted to pay off all that debt? Well, it was sort of a gradual process. First, we just wanted to get rid of credit card debt, and then we moved on to other kind of debt. And then finally, all that was left was our house, which, you know, was a pretty big chunk of change. And we thought, you know, why don't we just go ahead and pay that off too? And we weren't really sure how to do it, but I guess once you get started, it becomes more and more fun. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when when you start out, you're kind of overwhelmed by the whole process. And you guys went through enough to pay off all that credit card debt. So there had to be something that really pushed you to, or like you said, I mean, the house is a huge thing. And I bet there were a lot of sacrifices in it. So let's talk about how you did it. What was the first step and what was the first motivating factor behind the change in being in debt and deciding you're going to go whole hog to get out of it? Well, I had been struggling with debt basically ever since I got into debt and had tried many times to get out in the past and never succeeded. And then I got divorced and lost my job and couldn't find another one for uh, like 
close to four years. So never, ever wanting that kind of thing to happen again was a huge motivator. I just hated owing money and not being able to pay it. I had to put my student loan in deferment or forbearance or both. I can't remember which. And I just really hated having all that hanging over my head. So that was the big motivator because I thought, you know, if I didn't have all this debt, it'd be a whole lot easier. You have a lot more money when it's not all going to pay for debt. Yeah. So people who say that, you know, it can't be done on a low income or, you know, if they have too much debt, what would you say to those people? Well, I think it's not about how much you make as much as it is how much you spend, although definitely making more money helps for sure. So when I first went back to work, I got a temporary job that was supposed to be like for one day and I ended up working there for many years, (laughs) but it started out part time and Prior to that, I had about $400 a month coming in. So going to a part-time job felt like I suddenly had a lot of money. And in comparison, I did. (laughs) But most people would not consider that a lot of money. So for me, it was sort of like, well, I had already made all the sacrifices in just trying to eat. And so it was almost like, wow, I have all this money. I should just put it toward my student loan. And that's basically what I did. So... I think it's really a matter of perspective. And obviously, there's only so much you can cut back. So if you're someone who like doesn't have the coffee, it doesn't eat out, already doesn't do all the things that you read you should cut back on, well, the answer for you is definitely to make more money. And maybe that means getting another job or doing something on the side or getting a raise, things like that. So you used consumer credit counseling service to pay off your debt. What was that experience like? Well, both myself and now my current husband use that to pay off our credit cards. And that was before I lost my job and all that stuff happened. And it was good. It was useful. I found that they made you do the most important thing, which was to close all your credit card accounts. (laughs) So no longer spending on those made a big difference. And that's not something that you really need someone else to do. You can do it yourself or you can just cut it up. But I think it started us on the right path because they gave you a plan and you could see like how long it would take and made it pretty simple. But I want to say we paid off maybe $17,000 or so using them. And that took about three years. And we could have done that really a lot faster on our own if we had known what we were doing. Right. <laughs> so, but you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. So you would say that it was a good first step for somebody who really didn't know how to get started and were too overwhelmed kind of to start on their own. Yeah, I think they're a good organization. They're different in every location from what I understand, but they're a nonprofit. So that helps. It's not like a debt settlement company, which is not something I'd recommend. Yeah. Um, So what I mean, because a lot of people, I think they confuse the two and you see all these advertisements on TV about these debt settlement companies that, you know, most of them end up being scams. So could you tell us what some of the differences are? Are you aware of the differences and how did you know or did you know that you were getting a reputable organization to work with? Well, I'm not sure I did know, but I mean, I did know they were a nonprofit, which is a good sign. You know, I looked up their reputation online, but as far as debt settlement companies go, you're right. A lot of those are not reputable at all. And even if one is, the way they work is 
they basically take your money every month and don't pay your debts until you have a lot of super late payments and the companies believe you're never going to pay them and then they try to settle for less than you owe. But I mean, you could do that yourself too, if you wanted. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. Either way, it's a bad idea, right? I mean, you're destroying your credit and yeah, I mean, why would you pay a debt settlement company to destroy your credit? You can do that just fine on your own. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is true that a lot of companies won't negotiate with you if you're not behind, but if you're not behind, then you can probably afford to pay them. Right. So, I mean, unless you are not eating, in order to do this, then you maybe should look into bankruptcy or something. There's alternatives out there. So it just sounds like, you know, you, I mean, and and this is kind of what I've come to realize that if you see something, especially if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. But, you know, there's so many sources now, especially online that you can read through this stuff and find reviews and find more information. And, you know, I would just say, just don't jump in with your eyes closed. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. On your website, you know, you have your whole story written out on your website and there's so much information on there. I think it's a great story, but you talk a lot about motivation being a big factor in your debt payoff story. And, you know, I think it's like that for most of us, because without that motivation, you're you're not going to be able to make the sacrifices you need to make. So how did you stay motivated through this process of paying off one hundred and forty seven thousand dollars? Well, you do need to be motivated in because if you're not motivated, you're not going to change and it requires a change. Part of how we stayed motivated is I never added up how much we owed until we were done. I mean, I really had no idea it was that much. (laughs) I just focused on one thing at a time. You know, in my mind, it was like, okay, pay off the credit cards. Okay. Now that I have a job again, let's pay off a student loan. Okay. You know, it was one thing at a time and I didn't think, oh my God, I owe all of this money. I'm never going to get it paid off because that's probably the reaction I would have had. So for me, the most motivation really was never wanting to be in that position again. I wanted to have the kind of freedom where I could do the things I want without having to stress out about money without owing people. So I just remembered how I felt and how I never wanted to be there again. And my husband and I, we also talked a lot about the things we would be able to do when we were debt-free. I mean, we talked about it all the time. I talked about it also to everyone I knew and total strangers. Um, It was just like nonstop focus on that and not focus on the debt payoff process itself, but focus on how life will be better when we're done. That's so important because, yeah, I mean, you've got to keep your why in mind or you're you're never going to get there. So that kind of explains why the debt snowball method works so well, right? I mean, because if you take it just a little at a time, instead of looking at the top of the mountain down, that's going to work much better. So let's talk about what the debt snowball method really entails. I've talked about this a little bit in the past, but can you give me a quick uh, example of that? Sure. The, the traditional way it's work is that you put your debts in order from lowest to highest balance. And then you start with the lowest balance and pay it off. You pay minimum payments to everything. But when you get done with the first debt, you take the money you'd been sending to that and start sending it to the next debt. And the snowball comes in where the amount that you have to send to debt just keeps growing and growing. And it gets easier and easier as you go along because you have more money available. And we sort of inadvertently did that by just picking one debt at a time. So... The main thing is to pick a debt, pay it off, and then do the next one. So the lowest balance first is usually recommended because you're going to be really motivated as you actually finally pay off a debt. You feel really excited and that that good feeling helps you keep going. 
Yeah, that certainly worked for us in a big, big way. So at what point during your payoff journey did you decide to create your payoff debt app? And why did you create it? I think the iPhone came out in 2008 and the App Store started in 2009. And I'm kind of a geek and I saw the iPhone and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like Star Trek. This is the most (laughs) awesome thing ever. And I did not get it at first when it came out because I just couldn't bring myself to pay that much for a phone. Yeah. But later on, I was like, oh, I'm just going to get this. And I got to thinking, you know, I was so focused on calculating like every little bit of payment that I sent to my student loan and how much quicker I'd get it done by doing that. It'd be pretty cool if someone could just have something like that right on their phone. And so when 2009 rolled around, I decided that I would make an app like that. And my first thought was, well, I'll learn to code and then I'll do it. And then I thought, no, this is just going to take me forever. I think I'll just hire someone. (laughs) And so (laughs) that's what I did. And it came out in early 2009. Wow. So you were like one of the first app creators of the... Yeah, actually, I was. it was the second Debt Snowball app in there by only a couple of weeks. So... It was very early on. Nice. It's won awards and it's actually been featured in Oprah's O Magazine. What do you think has made it so successful besides the fact that it was one of the first two that were out there? Well, being first definitely helped a lot. And also, I think that it really does motivate people. I mean, the icon for it says paid because I wanted people to see that on their phone and imagine how it's going to feel when their debts are paid off. It doesn't say pay off debt. It says paid, even though the name of the app is different. It's really about motivating people and keeping them focused. And I think that that has helped. Yeah. And I love the fact that you have the estimated time left to pay of each debt and the planned debt-free debt because that kind of information was the best motivation when I was paying off debt. But I always had to kind of, you know, tally it up and do the numbers on my own. And I'm, I'm kind of a geek too. And so I liked doing that. But for a lot of people that might seem overwhelming when they're starting the process, especially imagining how much information they might have to put into an app in order to get that information back. So how much information do they actually have to provide in order for the app to work its magic? Well, at a minimum, they'd have to put in one debt's worth of information. So if you did want to just focus on one at a time, you could really just put that one single debt in and you just need to name it something, whatever you want, and have the interest rate, the monthly due date, the minimum payment amount, and your current balance and the total balance, which those start out the same. So that's really it. It doesn't take that long to find that information and put it in. You can put all your debts in if you want. It just depends what you want to do. So the minimum is one debt. Okay. So tell me more about the app and what features make it different from other apps? Well, it's mainly much more focused on motivation than I think other apps are. So like it has a place in it where you can upload a picture if you want of the reason that you want to get out of debt. It does have all the little like amortization tables and things like that. It didn't at first, but it does now. So that if you really like to look at the numbers, you can see that very easily if that's motivating for you. But I would say the main difference is that it focuses on motivation while actually also giving you accurate information. It lets you use a debt snowball. You can 
turn it off if you want. You can use a debt avalanche, which is basically still a debt snowball, but you're, in that case, you're paying highest interest rate first. So it's easy to see if there really is a difference that way. And a lot of times there's not that big of a difference. People assume you're going to pay a lot more money if you don't pay the highest interest rate off debt first. And it really depends on all of your debts, what you have. A lot of the cases, it's only a couple of months difference in a, maybe $100 or something. It doesn't usually make a big difference. Sometimes it makes a huge difference. It depends what kind of debts you have, but you can easily see that. It also lets you put the debts in whatever order you want. So like, suppose there's one that really annoys you for some reason, or like maybe you owe your parents and you really want to get that paid off first. You can just put it in that kind of order too. And then you can always change the order during the process if your motivation changes or something is annoying you more than the other, right? Yeah, you can, but I would recommend doing it only after you've finished paying off a debt. Okay, so you talked about putting your, you know, like a picture of your why in there. What other motivators are in the app? Really, that's probably the biggest one, that and the icon itself. I can't tell you how many people have said that they find it so motivating every time they look at their phone to see that. And that really was the design. There's also links to my site with the articles on there that you can read through. Oh, that's great. That could be a really motivating thing because there's probably, you know, I mean, there's certainly your story on there, which is very powerful. And really hearing from somebody else who's already done it can be a huge motivating factor. And yeah, having that picture of their why right there in front of them that they can look at anytime during the day is certainly got to be a motivating factor. And like you were saying about the debt snowball method being pretty much the same as Avalanche, I know I experienced that for myself because when I did the math, I was shocked to find out that the debt snowball for me was like maybe a month different. So yeah, it really sometimes doesn't make a difference, but the motivation that you get from paying off that tiny debt first is is huge. Yeah, that's the biggest motivation is that whatever's going to make you keep going, <laughs> that's yeah. what you want. <laughs> Absolutely. So what were the lowest points for you during your journey to be debt free and how how did you persevere through those? I think for me, the lowest points were really when I kept failing. <laughs> um, you know, that was when I was married to my ex and it just felt like no matter what I did, nothing was working. And I'm not really sure what made me keep going. I just, I feel like I, if I really want something, I don't give up. And that is a good thing to keep in mind if you're working on getting out of debt. If you just don't give up and you at least pay your minimum payments, assuming they are enough to make an impact on the balance, then you will eventually get out of debt. It's more about making it go faster. And I don't know, I just had to get my life in order, if that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> And I, I think for me, part of it was, too, that once I set the plan and started following it for a while, I just didn't even look at it. I just really focused on making it the way my bills were each month. And it was like, you know, the bills and that's just how it is. And you live your life. And then one day after a while, you start looking at your debts and realizing, wow, they're really going down. <laughs> that's a great thing. So since you got out of debt, how has your life changed and what are you looking forward to? or what have you done that you never could have done while you were strapped with all that debt? 
Well, I think the biggest way our life has changed is that you don't realize what an enormous weight the debt is until it's gone. You just feel so much freer, so much lighter. And we're no longer stressed out about the kinds of things that we used to worry about. Like if my husband got laid off, well, okay, whatever. We just move on. It doesn't, it's not a problem. It's just, you know, when you can live on so little because you don't have all these giant debts hanging over you, it makes a difference and how you feel and what you're able to do. I mean, we're able to decide to do things on the spur of the moment that would have taken us like a year to save up for before. It just, it makes a big difference. And in fact, when we did pay off the house, one of the motivations that we used while we were doing it is like I said, the things that we were going to be able to do when we were out of debt. And for us, like I had always wanted to go to Antarctica And my husband wanted a sports car. So when we got the house paid off, we spent the next year saving up for those things and we did it. And, you know, you're not going to do that kind of thing when you you owe a lot of money. Yeah. And if you do, I mean, it's so stressful, you know, because, I mean, you can go out and get the big car, but you have a huge debt for it. So now, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's never been easy to enjoy those kind of things if I have to worry about how I'm going to pay for them all the time. Right. That kind of cuts into it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Makes a huge difference. So besides the app, you have, you know, a lot of articles and resources on your website. Do you work directly with other people to help them get out of debt or what else are you doing now? I mostly focus on my site. Well, focus is a silly word for me. I don't really focus on anything, but but my site is very important to me. I have actually a course called Destination Debt Freedom that comes via email. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of resources there. And then I also do random other things because I can, I like to. Why not do the things that you enjoy? So tell us where we can get the app. You can get it in the iTunes app store. Okay. And and that also, if we went to your website, we could just click on a link from there to go to the app store and directly to the app. Yeah, you can do that as well. And my site's JackieBeck.com. So there's a link to the app on it. JackieBeck.com. And how much is the app? It's $4.99 and that's just a one-time fee. Great price. So basically this is not like a, you know, one of those budgeting apps where you're linking to an account or something like that. It's just you putting in the info and then it will give you your plan and your time frame, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's a really cool thing. Jackie, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Your website, JackieBeck.com. And uh, everybody should go and check that out and definitely get the payoff debt app. Again, JackieBeck.com. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Jackie, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. A great big sensible thank you to our guest professor, Jackie Beck, debt freedom expert and creator of the award-winning Payoff Debt app. Visit our website at JackieBeck.com. Talk about an inspiration. Jackie Beck paid off over $147,000 in debt. Her story proves it's not so much about how much money you have, but discipline and how motivated you are to implement a strategy to make the best use of the money you have. Now, if you're tired of being in debt, but don't know where to begin with a payoff strategy, here are six steps to slay your debt. The first step is to stop adding new debt. If you want to be debt-free, you have to live at or below your means. So commit to the idea that you'll stop paying for anything you can't afford today. And if it's too tempting to have credit cards, then cut them up. This only leaves cash or a debit card as your only options. 
And overspending on your debit card can lead to hefty overdraft charges. So it's a bit more motivation to keep track of your spending. The second step is to create your financial picture. How much debt do you have? And how much can you afford to pay toward debt each month? Creating your financial picture is going to answer those questions and give you the tools you need to plan your attack. The third step in slaying your debt is to choose your method. You have to find the debt payoff method that works for you and then start working it. Two of the most popular methods are the debt snowball and the debt avalanche. I personally used the debt snowball and it worked like a charm. The fourth step is to create your spending plan. You're going to use the information from your financial picture to create this spending plan, which is focused on paying off debt. This is simply a list of everything you need to spend money on for each paycheck, and it's a great way to make sure the maximum amount goes toward your debt while leaving enough to cover all the other essentials. Step number five is to create your budget. Now, if you thought a spending plan and budget were the same thing, you're probably confused about this. They're actually two different things. Your spending plan is a list of everything that needs to be paid once the money hits your account. Your budget is an up-to-date account of how much money is currently there, broken into categories of how it needs to be spent, plus a register showing how your money has been spent in the past. So if you keep this up to date, it gives you an accurate picture of your money anytime you need it, and you can easily answer the can I afford it or did I pay it questions. The sixth step and the most important is to follow your plan. You can create the best plan in the world, but it's not going to work if you don't use it. So now that you've done all the work to create your plan, make sure you follow it. There are going to be detours for the unexpected and you may need to make changes along the way, but stick with it and you will slay your debt. I did and many others have done it too, so it is possible. You can do this. The steps I just mentioned are just a place to start. You can get more detailed information on my blog post called Six Steps to Slay Your Debt at SensibleChat.com. Now everyone needs a hero, someone to look up to. Maybe somebody who's known for their courage and outstanding achievements. Maybe someone who brought you back from the brink of despair, changed your life forever. What if that someone was you? On the next episode, you'll learn how you can be your own hero. From a woman who overcame great odds to pay off $100,000 in debt, and it all started with a pickle jar. Her name is Gina Zachariah, and she's going to share her story on the next episode. Check back for that on May 11th. No matter what financial goal you're working on right now, budgeting can help you create a plan and stay the course toward achieving that goal. It might mean a change in your mindset and some added discipline to follow that plan, but keep your why in plain sight and keep moving toward that goal. In the end, budgeting is just math, and the math never lies. So remember, do the math, live the life. That does it for this episode of Sensible Chat with your host, Sensible Bobby. Links for all the resources mentioned can be found in the show notes for this episode at SensibleChat.com. That's Sensible with a C. While you're there, find your favorite app to be sure and never miss a show. On social media, look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you need help with your budget or want to share your thoughts, reach out to Sensible Bobby through the contact page at SensibleChat.com. That's Sensible with a C. Thank you.